Welcome to the Property Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business. Now here's your host, Brad Larson. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here on the Property Management Mastermind podcast. Be sure to check out our website at propertymanagementmastermind.com, where you will find all of our episodes, products, and services to review to include our newly launched BizDev Mastermind offering, which is consulting services for companies looking to hire and grow using a business development manager. You can visit that site at bizdevmastermind.com. In addition, I wanted to announce the Property Management Mastermind Annual Conference going on in Las Vegas, March 234 at the Mirage Hotel in 2020. Visit the website at pmmcon.com. If you sign up for the conference and both add-on seminars, you'll get a 10% discount. I look forward to seeing you in Las Vegas. Lastly, be sure to find us on Facebook to join the conversation of over 6,000 members in the Property Management Mastermind Facebook group. Property Meld is made for maintenance work automation. Property Meld will work to schedule, remind, verify completion, and follow up with your residents automatically while providing the best-in-class communication system for your ease of use, your vendors, and your tenants. Begin reducing maintenance coordination time and increasing tenant satisfaction today. Learn more at propertymeld.com. Hey, everybody. In today's episode, I have Mike Schrafer on the line. We're going to be talking about what he'll be discussing at the Property Manager Mastermind Conference in March of 2020. Now, Mike's going to be able to come in and do a high-level presentation on making money in maintenance. I know, don't go to sleep. It doesn't sound all that sexy. But when you start looking at some of the dollar signs and look at some of the processes and procedures that Mike is going to show us at the Mastermind Conference, I think you'll change your tune. So hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you soon. Take care. Right off the bat, I'm going to, I'm going to tell this story about you know, where I introduced myself to you. I mean, I seriously sought you out. It wasn't like you came to me and did this. I heard you on a podcast talking about uh, you were putting together a syndication with employees. So kind of in a nutshell, I'm going to try and butcher this. And then this leads into a pretty good conversation of how we ended up kind of morphing yeah. your your presentation into what it's going to be at the PMM Con. Is I wanted you to originally do the syndication ideas where you're taking your team members, your employees, and you're saying, okay, gang, to, the best way to learn how to invest in property is to invest in property. And so we're all going to have a little bits and pieces and share of getting into a single family home or a multifamily dwelling type of an investment. So I want, I want you to paraphrase some of that and that'll lead into some pretty good conversation from there. Yeah, you bet. So I started as an investor first. Um, I started doing that 18 years ago. Um, I've built up a portfolio of 126 uh, single family homes, few duplexes and triplexes and stuff in there. Um, but I've I got into property management. That was my way of getting into property management. I actually got into construction from there, um, renovating a lot of that stuff, built out a team, and then they kind of backed into property management to manage that. And it wasn't until six years ago that I started doing management for other people. So I've, I've actually been doing construction on rental property for longer and been an investor for longer than that. That's kind of the way I, I backed into property management. And um, in our property management business growing, we manage about 550 homes for other people today. Um, so we are our own biggest client. We're about 25% of our portfolio. Um, 
a few years ago, I really wanted to help um, kind of build some culture in our business. And I know that's a buzzword, but to me, it's meaningful. And so um, what I wanted to do instead of doing a 401k and a few percent match is I wanted to actually teach them what I learned about investing in our market. And it also, I thought, would have an intrinsic benefit of um, them learning as from the investor side of the table, how to be a better property manager. And so we started doing that and created a, an investment course. Um, we've done that for four years now and our staff owns about 25 units. So, yeah. That's pretty amazing. 25 units. So back up, you said your 25% of your management inventory, right? Mm-hmm. What homes you Between own. Between me and my staff is about 150 units. Yeah. Well, be sure not to piss off that client, right? You don't right. want that client to go away. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's really kind of neat though, because you also control your own destiny by having at least that many homes bringing in cash flow. I mean, you know what's going to happen. Uh, great way to augment. I mean, there's always a saying in this business: you want to be able to control more assets, and controlling more assets for what it means is buying more properties. Uh, that's something that not everyone is as as far along as you. Let's just say that. I mean, 120 plus units of you personally owning them is fantastic, outstanding, and that would put you in the very top top tier one percent or more of property managers in the country so it's it's not only one thing you're you're eating your own dog food as they say but you're you're your own guy and your business of management is running your assets so fast forward 10 20 years all that stuff's paid off and you still have a business in line you know that's that's running it all it's just a fantastic investment process you put yourself into so major kudos for that you are where all of us want to be and so I came to you and I said, dude, that's a really cool deal. Let's let's teach that at the conference. And then you came to me and you had a you had a little mastermind event going on. And then you came back and said, let's do something different. Tell me through that story. Yeah. So um, formed a mastermind group with uh, five other guys from different parts of the country. And, um, and it's been really fruitful. We meet every month and we decided to pick a, pick a location and I'll actually visit person. Um, we picked mine as the first one. And so they all flew here about a month ago and got to spend a day walking through our operation. And we spent a day um, going through everybody's business and it was, a, it was a good weekend. Um, what came out of that was um, this investment thing is really neat. And, and that's, that's a cool thing and it's helpful and maybe interesting to a handful of people. But one of the things that they all took away that was a value that we do is construction and maintenance process down pretty tight um and the way we go about it uh just is a bit different than they'd seen and um and they all have businesses between two and five hundred units and so it's kind of similar and um and that that was the biggest takeaways for that group was really seeing our operation and so that kind of validated to me that while the investment thing is pretty neat there's some some value in kind of sharing how we do all that stuff. We might be able to impact a few more people by um, diving a little bit more actually into our maintenance and construction process within property management. So essentially you came to me and said, look, Larson, you know, I like your idea of the whole syndication thing, but nobody talked about it during our mastermind. So I could do it. And I'm paraphrasing what you told me. I, you said I could do it like we, we talked about earlier, but why don't you let me shift this into talking about maintenance? Because everybody was asking about maintenance. It's kind of what I know. And I know it's not real sexy and not a lot of people want to go to a conference to listen about maintenance, but you're going to show them how to make money on it. Is, am I kind of paraphrasing that a little bit? So yeah, give me so. a couple of cliff notes there for us. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I look at property management as a lot of people come into property management from the angle of being a realtor first. Um, you have to be a realtor broker to be in property management. And that's just the angle that I see a lot of people, that's the background they come from. And they usually do a bit of transactions with their property management business. I think there was a quote last winter from Jordan Muela about um, how a lot of businesses are more around break even and they're propped up by real estate sales. And, um, and that, that seems to kind of be true in some states, some states. Um, all of us have a captive audience for me. Um, whether you want to go that vein or not is another choice, but everyone has the opportunity to get into and make money and monetize the maintenance that is kind of a captive audience, um, in our property management businesses. Um, and so that's kind of just the direction I went because that was my background. And um, I have some mentorship on that from a really neat mentor um, in the kind of Midwest that's um, built a big construction business. And so I've just put a lot of time into chasing down those resources and developing my ability and our ability as a maintenance contractor. It's really right there in front of us. You know, we have to mm-hmm. do maintenance at a high level to do management at a high level. They go hand in hand. You can't just like skimp on the others. Uh, in fact, you know, I had a gentleman ask me the other day, uh, if they're hiring a virtual assistant out of the country, where do they want to focus? Well, okay, clearly take your frontline phones, but then second, make sure your frontline phones bleed into maintenance to where you're doing maintenance at a very, very high communication level because you just simply can't screw it up. And so one of the things I was talking about, this, the, we, you and I just went to the NARPM convention last week and I did a presentation and I mentioned that you just cannot screw up maintenance. You have to go maintenance heavy you have to have the communications there because if they don't get maintenance done those tenants are going to find the owners and the owners are going to find you and fire you you know so the the whole presentation was called retention equals growth and that is part of the retaining of owners is making sure your maintenance gets done so on several different levels tenant level of happiness satisfaction owner level of retention and satisfaction you got to do maintenance at a high level but you can still make money on it and everybody is expecting you to make money on it because you have insurance, you have overhead, you have staffing, you have software, you have technology, you might have vehicles, you might have all kinds of stuff, all these moving parts put together to where you can actually provide a level of service that people are happy to pay for. And I think that's a big part of what we may not understand necessarily very well on a broad spectrum in the industry is how to really conduct maintenance at a high level. And I'm hoping your presentation at least covers some of that. I mean, you're a red meat guy, just like the rest of us. We like to hear the actionable stuff of what you do and how you can translate that into teaching it to others. So give me a few more tidbits on that. Yeah, you bet. I I think that a lot of it is going to follow the same journey that we had in learning property management. I started out not unlike many people where I had a management fee and a leasing fee and that was it. And and they were probably markedly under what they should be. Um, That's where I first started way back when. And, and then you get exposed to a lot of stuff. And you know, we're kind of talking at NARPOM. That whole organization um, and, and basically like learning groups like that don't really exist in like the service contractor type business. Um, but the, the evolution of that side of the business is just the same. Um, I like this saying called signpost items. So a signpost item is the item that everyone's used to the cost of. Like when you go to the gas station, you know the price of gas, but you don't know the cost of the goodies inside if it's $2.99 or $4.99. Or you go to the grocery store, we know the price of a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread really close, but we don't know the price of 
you know, T-bone in the meat shelf. It might be $9.99 a pound. It might be $12.99 a pound. It's the same thing with property management and maintenance. So in property management, it's the management fee. People scrutinize that fee, but there's a lot of other ancillary fees that we could really make up the difference to make a good business great. It's the same thing with maintenance. Um, maintenance, it's the hourly rate. You know, so you have this hourly rate that you charge. Everybody asks, what's your hourly rate? Um, just like they ask, what's your management fee? Um, there's lots of other ancillary um, revenue streams you can have in maintenance as well. And it really is just kind of a paradigm shift. Like, oh, that's a business just like, property management and I need to develop in that area if in fact that's how you want to accomplish maintenance in your business. Property managers, are you looking to add more doors? If so, you're not going to want to miss the BizDev seminar in Atlanta on January 21st at the Hilton Airport. Attendees will learn the RentWorks playbook responsible for adding more than 1,100 doors in just three years. We aren't gurus, we are the doers. And on January 21st in Atlanta, we're going to teach you how to do what we've done. Brad Larson, Scott Brady, me, Brian Hughes, Lead Simple, and Property Manager websites will all be speaking at the BizDev Seminar, just to name a few. Learn actionable information that you can implement into your business immediately. We give you the roadmap. All you have to do is execute. Get your tickets for the BizDev Seminar in Atlanta on January 21st now at bizdevseminar.com. That's bizdevseminar.com. Now, we talked about giving this presentation at the Property Manager Mastermind Conference here in March of 2020, and it's pmmcon.com. You can go visit it, check it out. What were some of the deliverables that you and I talked about? I know we, we scratched that surface, but were you planning on being able to come up with something for the team there? Yeah, I'll have a couple different um, of the guides and pricing sheets and different structures that we have in our business that we've used and developed. Um, so we have... Um, we created one of the things we did in our, ma our maintenance business to make it more efficient faster is we actually created a, a rough estimate form um, that allows our property managers to bid all the common things that they experience in turn for our maintenance department. So the property managers actually have a really paint-by-numbers, easy route of bidding paint, carpet, um, hardwood floor refinishing, linoleum, uh, things like that that they experience a lot in turn. So they can actually just do the bid, give it to the owner, get approval, turn it into maintenance, and it's it's ready to go. Um, there's just little little things like that that we've developed that really have kind of refined our system to churn through maintenance at a high level. Awesome. I'm going to blindside you with a couple off-camera oh. questions here. Are you ready for this? Sure. All right. So you and I just got done with the NARPM conference last week. NARPM National was a pretty good conference. Uh, it was out in Phoenix. Do you have one good takeaway that you walked away from? Uh, feeling pretty good, like, hey, I want to run back and do this. Or is there anything on top of your head that you just ran away from that conference with that you were really excited about? There's one thing, but it's probably going to be uh, an answer you're not expecting. So right. I halfway through it, um, I realized that it was pretty cool to be there. I liked it. Um, but what was more important is I should have had my staff there. It's more important that my property managers um, experience and learn that stuff and I invest in their knowledge versus just my own. Um, and our, at our business, we have five property managers. So I, I came away thinking like, shoot, I wish I was one of the people that had my team there. Um, and, you know, it's great if I learned something, but that doesn't mean that they learned it. They're the ones really executing our blocking and tackling every day. So um, that was my big takeaway is actually that um, this would have been a great place for staff. Yeah, I agree with that because I, I did bring out some of my team members. And, and what happens is you get this inadvertent buy-in. Right, as part of your company environment, that they get to go on a trip, you know, once a year, they get to go see something someplace new. 
Uh, I mean, that's kind of the design of that conference is is they switch it up every year to different locations, and it's and it's by design, kind of like the the. There's some for the high-level owners, and there's some for like the beginning staffers. You know, everybody in the middle, but they're all associated as property management team members. You can call them property managers if you want, and that's that's something I would agree with you with because, you know, I started to bring Melanie, who's my basically second in command over here at, at RentWorks, and she's been going to the last couple conferences. And let me tell you the the level of buying that comes out away from that because she comes away with, with all kinds of good idea fairy stuff that she wants to implement into the business too. So it's not just me, and you can divide and conquer because they have these breakouts, right? And so, so that way you're not missing out on the breakout sessions. Now, in the mastermind conference, we don't do breakouts because I want to do all main stage presentations. I want everybody to focus on what you're talking about without fear of missing out what's going on in the next room two doors down. So I, I'm really excited about our format. There's nothing wrong or, or bad about either formats. It's just different. They're all good. But I'd agree with you 100%. So now I'm going to throw another question at you. Okay, This is another off script question. You love sure. these. Give me one thing that you've implemented that has changed your business in the last 12 to 24 months. Last year or two, you put something in the business and you're just like, man, that was awesome. I'm so glad I did that. Anything on top of your head that you could think of? For me, it, it's been ancillary fees. I've, I've implemented a handful of those and that's helped out quite a bit. So that's probably the most impactful thing that I've implemented in the last. All right. You got to pick one. We got to talk about it. You don't have to drop the fee exactly like dollar, dollar, sure. XX. Just give me a, a concept. It, it, it might sound funny, but uh, just simply like a lease signing prep fee. Um, you know, we have a fee for anybody that signs a lease and we didn't do that in the past. And I just was surprised. It's just a uh, revenue that comes in and it's, it's worth it. We were doing for free. Uh, I like the saying, like if you're going to leave the office or you're going to do something, you should get paid for it. And so we started to implement some of those things, but that was one of the biggest ones. It's a simple one. Yeah. The lease prep fee should also e- equate and be uh, equal to any sort of lease renewal fee. So make sure you're doing that both on the, on the initial preparation of a lease agreement and any sort of renewal. Now, we're not being greedy bastards by thinking of this stuff. We're copying the apartment complexes, right? Right, right, right. So we, you did secret shopper stuff for a little bit. You know, ask some of your millennial staffers, hey, let me, did you sign a lease agreement at an apartment? Let me look at it. Oh, wow, there's a, this fee and that fee and this fee. This is like standard stuff in the leasing industry for the apartment side. Why not just put it right into the yeah, single family? Absolutely. Everyone's already kind of trained for it. So great couple things there. Tell me a little bit more about circling back, going back to the uh, presentation you're going to give at the Mastermind Conference. Kind of give me a little bit more on the maintenance side. I mean, are you going to be talking to people about, hey, go get six vans and then hire 27 guys and go out and get the contracts from Lowe's and Home Depot? I mean, is it that level or are we going to be talking more like, okay, you're at a couple hundred homes that are management. Uh, this is how you do third-party vendors very well. Kind of talk us through both sides of that maybe. Yeah, so my my expertise has come in running maintenance in-house, and um, there's definitely a little scale to that, but not that much. Um, and I think there's a bunch of best practices I'd like to go through. I'll have some tangibles that I can deliver. Um, but a big part of it is really unpacking um, you know, markup versus margin um, and the difference between doing maintenance in-house and doing it with vendors. Um, There's a great model to do it with, you know, vendors and having a little bit of revenue on both sides of that um, with a, you know, a discount on the vendor and a a little markup to the owner. And that's a great model if you really want to be hands off kind of running maintenance. But if you really want to dive into it and increase your revenue through uh, executing it and kind of becoming the contractor, that's a bit of what this is going to be about. And, and if that's not what someone wants to do, it still might be interesting to learn that, see at least what that is and, and unpack that and see the potential that might be there. Um, but I think in a way, it's going to be a 45-minute crash course on becoming a maintenance contractor. That's exciting. And because yeah. people are going to look at this like, 
one of the questions I would have is if I were to in-house something first, what would that be? Would that be air conditioning? Would that be plumbing? Would that be inspections? I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there. If you had to pick, if you had to in-house something first, what would it be? Any, any design or realm of that? It's going to start with the things that don't need a license. So it's going to be everything that doesn't need a license. Start there. Um, and a lot of it really, a lot of the, a lot of the pain comes down to the structure. It's really decided on day one when you go and hire that first person. There needs to be uh, there's there's kind of a, I think a, a few best practice structures to bring people into your company to be maintenance vendors and how you set that up and how you handle the vehicle part, how you handle tools, how you handle. Um, downtime, how you handle errors, and how you handle compensation bonuses, all that stuff. Um, I think there's some best practice to that. And that just, in a way, it's kind of tried and true and proven. So um, outside of property management, outside of our world, um, there are tons of service contractors in every city across America, across the world. And um, there are some best practices to running a service business. Um, and we all use a whole bunch of those vendors. Um, some of them are small, but the bigger ones, they have some of those best practices. And so we'll unpack some of that stuff, like like what a lead tech model is um, and some of that so that you can be efficient. There's a whole bunch of, uh, I think, uh, pitfalls in there. If you just kind of wing it, you can make a couple of mistakes that cost you a lot or have a lot of slippage. Um, but that's kind of what we'll dive into. Okay, so a couple questions there. And I hope you answer these during the conference. I mean, you don't have to answer them now, but let's say people are going to want to know, okay, what software are you using to run any sort of maintenance estimations, uh, estimates? Uh, is there any sort of like, okay, does every technician have a tablet? Uh, do they have GPS in their vehicles? I mean, I'm just thinking of some of the questions that might pop up. So maybe you have that by design with either software solutions and or hardware solutions inside of these vehicles. Uh, so that might be something to take into consideration as you're developing this presentation. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the things that I like to delineate on, so we have four managers in our, in our company, and then we have 10 field staff. And um, we separate work actually at the management level between the time and material type work, like going out to fix a faucet or something small, and estimated work. Um, and for all intents and purposes, those two things are different businesses. Um, you know, there's contracting in its true form where you have a license, you give an estimate, and then you go do the work and you take on the burden of the cost, whether it's high or low, um, and you get paid the estimated amount. And then there's the time and material side where you're doing small ticket things. Um, your profit's kind of baked in, but you have to worry about um, basically inefficiency. Um, and how much it costs you to produce versus how much you, you get to build. Um, they're, they're both contractors, just like two pizza companies can make pizza, but they're very, very different. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll dive into that. And they have some of their own softwares. That's encouraging because there's a lot of that. That's the red meat. That's where it comes from. You know, mm -hmm. we were talking about a, a, a conference here that we just recently saw, and it was a, a one day thing. And it was a, a lot of like vague, vague comments, like uh, go use Facebook for marketing. Yeah. Period. And wait, okay, how do you do that? How do you get into Facebook? Where do you go? What does it do? What, I, I don't understand it. Just They were just basically right. saying, go use this for this. You know, and it was very vague and not real, not something you can take action on. Yep. Yeah, we have a couple softwares we use. We have a couple things we've created on our own. Um, and that's kind of been the solution for us at our size today. And there's construction companies um, and service businesses that are much, much larger. And there's enterprise level software as you get larger. Um, the challenge is really what you bite off as you get started um, to help you get started and get on a good footing. 
Cool. So what are you most excited about in heading to Vegas for the Property Management Mastermind Conference? The black tie event sounds kind of fun. I think so. I think it's going to be a kick-ass time, man. We're going to have yeah. black tie event with the awards banquet. The awards are going to be presented by the vendors. Uh, and then also we have a live entertainment there. We have a live band, of course, open bar, plated seating. I mean, it's going to be a fantastic event. So, I mean, do I have to say anything more past live band? I mean, if that doesn't get you there, I don't know what will, right? right. So it's pretty right. exciting. Well, good. I don't want to take a lot of your time, but I think that was more than what we needed to really kind of scratch the surface on what you're going to be doing at the Mastermind Conference. And uh, I am excited about your presentation. And I really appreciate you coming to me saying, hey, you know, what your idea was good. I think this is a better idea. More people are going to dig into it. And uh, any parting comments on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about property ownership. And I think that in the housing space as property managers and with employees that are working with us managing property every day, there's some cool opportunity to partner on that. One of the big outcomes I've seen on that is um, I'm, I'm making some investments in their um, you know, long-term future instead of in the 401k match and helping them get into real estate. And that has a big payoff in 20 years, like you said, when that stuff's paid off and that is your retirement. And it really makes sense with the work that we're in to get into that. Um, but that doesn't fit for every business. A lot of businesses that only have one or two employees, maybe they're not quite there yet. Um, so I think that that'd be a neat presentation down the road sometime. Um, and it's, it's, personal to me as far as impactful. Um, it's built some pretty neat culture here where, you know, everyone really likes what we're doing and isn't into what we're doing. Um, and that, that has, that bears a lot of fruit, I think for the business as we grow. Um, but I think this maintenance side of stuff, um, is, is really lacking in the industry. And a lot of people have a lot of different ways of solving it. They have ups and downs and trials and tribulations with it. And we all equally have the same captive audience though, of people that we can, um, help and work with and, and monetize for our business. And there was a, um, there was, I think to, to quote Scott Brady, I think that he had a, uh, kind of a thought provoking idea on, you know, how could you run a property management business where your management fee was zero, um, and really kind of like insulate that to be able to compete as maybe the industry changes. Um, and one of the things that will be really challenging to truly ever outsource is going to be the hands-on fixing of stuff. Um, and sure there might be a couple there might be a couple softwares out there that line up vendors and stuff like that, but um, being a vendor actually is going to be something that's never really going to be replaced. You're never going to really have, a, have technology change how you paint your house exactly. Mm-hmm. I think there's still going to have to be a person going to do it. So, yeah, along um, the same lines with Scott's comment, uh, it was kind of an interesting thing because if you look at it from the bottom up, which is what he's doing, he's you know, calling him out right now, Scott, it's not, don't be chicken little out there. The sky is not falling. Management fees are not shrinking that bad to where people are going to be managing for free. Uh, it's just not realistic. You know, they've been saying that for 10, 15, 20 years on, on real estate commissions, that the commissions are going to be driven down so low that everyone's going to be selling homes for free. They just want your title and your mortgage business. Well, that hasn't really happened because Keller Williams in my market is as strong as ever, if not stronger. So clearly the full commissions are still there. It's about the service. So if you provide a really good service and you have a very good reputation, you can command what you want to charge within reason. I mean, I truly believe yeah. that. Scott's point is very poignant. It is spot on. What if what if you had to compete just off? I mean, what if you're a zero balance management fee? I and mean, what if you only charge X where it's just hardly anything and you had to make money to survive on ancillary businesses? Maintenance is your first one to look at. Start doing more subcontracting, start doing more in-house stuff, start actually making a margin, a routine margin off of that business. And then I might dive into other things, leasing and sales and all the other stuff that's going around it. But this is where, you know, this is the the number two thing that you got to do really, really well. 
uh, you know, you, we can talk about leasing and, and getting the business development. Okay, that's fine. That's one thing. That's all tied into the marketing. But this is the operation of management is conducting maintenance at a high level. Yeah. And so if people do that well, they're going to be ensure themselves to success. Yep. And there's, there's a control component to doing it in-house. It's, it's not that you have to do it that way. And I think that it's not for everybody for sure. And it's not for every size business, but everyone's, everyone who's used vendors has also felt the whole feeling of not having quite enough control and wishing you could have a better outcome for your tenants or your owners, but you just don't control the person out doing the work. And so you're kind of over a barrel a little bit sometimes. And so there's, there's some benefits there too, to just um, having your own operation. Last comment. I heard you're on your way out. Right, you're heading to foreign country here. I thought it was Greece. Uh, Madrid. Madrid. Okay. On yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I'll be there for a month. Uh, every couple of years, I kind of stress test the business and leave for I leave for long enough that it has to keep going. So it has to be more than a couple of weeks, or um, everything would just wait for me and be piled up when I get back. So I'll be gone for a month. Love it. Stress test the business. I think I want to do that next summer. I want to go to Colorado and play golf for a month. So that sounds like a very good time. So Madrid, Spain, huh, man? You're you're the European guy. I thought you went to Greece a few months ago or a few years ago. Uh, a few years ago, I went to the Middle East or Middle uh, the um, Eastern Europe. I went through 16 cities. I'm going to go through um, 12. I'm going to go to Spain, Portugal, Morocco on this trip. Um, I travel kind of fast when I when I travel solo. I usually travel solo um, just because. Um, it's just really good for clearing my head. And I've, I've kind of really developed a lot of neat things for our business in that time. Um, and it's, and it's also just a personal, like helps me reward for like the hard work and running the businesses, um, travel, something's just important to me. So, um, yeah, so I like doing it, but yeah, I kind of I'm on the move quite a bit. So, yeah. Great stuff, my man. Thanks for coming on. Look forward to Thank seeing you. you in Vegas. Sounds good. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care. Choose Seacoast Commerce Bank as your property management bank of choice. Seacoast Commerce Bank specializes in trust accounts and business banking for property managers. One of their best features is a cash analysis program where they can assist in paying your property management related invoices. Contact Allison at 619-988-6708 to learn more. And be sure to listen to the Property Management Mastermind Podcast, episode number 26, about Seacoast Commerce Bank. This has been a podcast episode by PropertyManagementProductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.